It's time for Sports Wrap on 760 WJR. All right, this is the wrap on 760 WJR. To a car phone we go. Dave, thanks for hanging on. You're on 760. Gentlemen, and Stephen Dan, you got the chemistry. It's cooking. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Are you calling us from your office? I'm doing Sports Center tonight with Are you uh, really? Dan Patrick. Well, yes. I'm very impressed. By the way, give Dan our best. He's a good man. And, I will. Uh, hey, uh, hey, Dan, Chuck Swirsky says hi. This is the best sports rap has ever been, in my opinion. Now, here's your host, Chris Renwick. All right, happy Sunday to you. Welcome into Sports Rap. We've got a lot to cover today, so I want to jump right in. Uh, look, an uh, NHL draft in the books. And look, I, I, I like what Steve Eiserman did. I like what the Red Wings have done here. They, they, they needed a couple of needs. They, they had a couple of needs that they needed to fill. They needed a left side defenseman. They needed more help on that side. They needed a net miner. They went out and got it. Look, you go and get somebody like Alex Nedeljkovic, that's a plus. You go and get somebody like, like Nick Letty, that's a plus. And again, I think that that all signs here are pointing to that th- this, this thing is on the accelerated path, it seems to me. I don't think I told you yesterday, I just don't see how you trade a pick. I don't see how you trade a second round pick. For a guy like Nick Letty, who many assume, and as they rightly should, it only makes sense on the last year of his deal that he's going to be dealt at the deadline. But what are you getting in in return? You're going to try to to turn that second round pick into a. So. I, I think that this thing is on the accelerated path. Now you go out in this year's draft and you get three guys who have been captains of their team, both at the national level, at their club level. And with the six overall pick, they go and get Simon Edvidson out of Sweden. In 14, uh, he, he had 10 games this year. Uh, 14 games with the Forlunda's U20 team, 14 games uh, in defenseman on the team with four points, one goal and three assists. Puck moving, big six foot, 200 pound left shooting defenseman. It's what this team needed. And then Steve Eiserman, with all of this draft capital that he's accumulated, with all of these picks that he's been able to gather over the last couple of years, you go out and get the top goalie in the draft in Sebastian Kosa. Again, this is on the heels of bringing in Al- a 25-year-older. Kids, kid is young. Led the league in save percentage. Led the league in goals against. I get it. Small sample size in under 30 games, but the kid can game. He can he can play. So look, I I don't know I don't know what I don't know what to think outside of they're trying to accelerate this. 
and they go out and get a couple other defensemen. They go out and get a couple other forwards. I mean, this was a nice class for Steve Eiserman. So, uh, look, I, I don't. We're we're not going to see a, a couple of these kids for a couple of years. So I, I'm not going to bang the drum real hard. But just know that I'm telling you, it just. It seems that they want to try to speed this thing along. Now, you look at how this team is made up, and are they going to be able to score goals? It's still a problem. But what have we seen around the league? What do, what do teams covet? They covet shutdown netminders, and they covet big, strong, tall, physical, puck-moving defensemen. And that's what we're kind of starting to see here. So look, I know they're not winning the cup next year. Come on. But again, just building the blocks here. Uh, and Dave, I don't know what you think about this, with the, what they've done here over this, uh, this draft, Steve Eiserman bringing in a couple of guys that, that I think, um, you know, certainly by my standards and some pundits around the league, I think everybody's been pretty pleased with this draft for the Red Wings and Steve Eiserman. Yeah, I agree with everything you've said. I think that this has been, this was a great draft. I think that we all know that, uh, what is it? The goalie, the quarterback, and the relief pitcher. Those are the three most criticized uh, positions in all of Detroit sports. Sure are. So, um, you know, the, I think it uh, I think it, it bodes well for the Red Wings. And, you know, like we had said yesterday, you know, Tampa Bay had won the last two Stanley Cups. That had Steve Eisenman's fingerprints all over it. And even I think you mentioned the year before they were favored to win the cup, even though they got knocked out in the first round. So I think things are looking up and I, we talked, we were talking before the show and you felt that uh, you think this is going to get done quicker than people think that uh, maybe this is on an accelerated path. I just do. I don't know. I just do. I just, it just feels that way. Just feels like it. I don't know why you trade a pick for a, for a 30 year old, defenseman who's got a lot left in the tank who they've said multiple times as an organization be it chris draper be it steve eiserman that look this guy is going to help us bring our defensemen along they're going to help he's going to help us he's going to be that presence in our locker room and and the dude can still produce and so i you know played for for playoff teams the last couple of years uh, in the islanders a team that's 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 starting to make a push now, for them, they, they, Nick Letty doesn't serve a purpose anymore. So, but for the Red Wings, it's it's twofold. It's you're going to get a guy who's going to be able to play play meaningful minutes, not only at five on five, but they're going to be going to play meaningful minutes on the power play, meaningful minutes in the penalty kill, and he's going to be able to bring along your your young defenseman. It's huge. It's huge. And I don't know why you trade a second round pick. In, in hopes that this guy is going to do all of that in in the span of half a season and an off season, and then you're going to flip him into a first round pick. I just, I to me, I, I don't, I just don't buy that. Maybe I'm crazy, and I, look, it's not the first time I've been accused of that. I agree with you. I, I don't just think like what they're doing. I don't think you're here. crazy at all. It's very systematic. They're just going, uh, they're going across, finding young guys that they think are going to be 
meaningful players here on this team in the city in the future, and they're just checking them off. Check, check, check. Lefty defenseman, check. Goalie, check. They're just starting to cross them off. So now, at the, at some point, we got to start... ...accelerated to the, to the point where you're going to win a division next year and head to the playoffs and win a couple series, and it's just, no, 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 no. We're away from that. But I don't think that this thing is as far down the road as people think. That's all I'm saying. So nice draft for Steve Eiserman and the Red Wings. Liked it. Really did. Uh, excited to see how this thing goes. All right. We got a lot to cover on the show tonight, including what is going on in Tokyo? What? Are they, are they being fed some weird sushi over there? What is going on with our basketball players? We got to talk about that. And and poor John Rom. My goodness. We're going to talk some uh, some some Olympic golf. Also Tigers. Al Avila says they're out of the rebuild. We'll talk about that and the NBA draft will give you foresight. All that coming up on Sports Wrap next here on WJR. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. I don't know what's going on in Tokyo. I don't know what's going on with those so-called NBA players in Tokyo. The first Olympic loss since 2004. You got Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, you now and Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. You got Dame. You got this should be a uh, a walk in the park, but no. The men's basketball team loses to France. Led by, I can only assume, next year's NBA MVP, Rudy Gobert. It's just like, <laughs> look, here's the deal. I, I, I'm not going to make a big deal out of this. But I just, it's strange to me when you've got such high, you've got the best in the world, in the world. And you you can't even drop 80? You can't even hey Dave, you remember 04 when the when the bad when the uh when the going to work pistons were making their run and they were shutting people that they, they weren't allowing more than 75 points against any opponent. I do remember that. And there was that like huge long stretch. I mean, just because defensively they were they were just so st- Stingy. The USA couldn't couldn't even muster eighty. Did they against go, France? Did they go like the last five minutes without scoring any points or something like that? Look, I was watching the replay a, a little while ago, and I just I had to turn it off. I just couldn't even watch it. Anymore. I know why was, they lost. I think I have the answer. You have the answer. I think I have the answer as to why they lost. Okay, well, tell me why they lose. Coach K, not there. 
Coach K? Coach not K? There. Not there. Look. Coach K? Coach K? Gone. He's not there. I mean, they got they they did they do have Popovich. They do have Steve Kerr. I mean, but you, you know, know championship, look, right, championship coaches. But hold yeah, on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Here's my issue with Pop, and I don't want uh, look Pop. If there is the def, if there is a, if you look at the definition of arrogant NBA coach <laughs> in true. Westers, you're right, you're right, you're right. You got Pops. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, uh, scantily bearded face. You're right. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Just patchy beard. That's, that's the definition. I mean, this dude can't uh, look there. We had a reporter the other day asking him, I hey, hey, coach. Can you tell me why you're getting blown out by Nigeria? Can we talk about this? What, what's going on here? Well, you got to define what blown out me. We're not getting blown out. We don't always get blown well, okay. Here now, you couldn't even you couldn't even muster eighty. Couldn't even muster seventy seven points against France and Rudy Gobert. I mean, I guess if they're gonna if they're gonna lose, you might as well just send amateurs over there. Then I mean, I would be more I mean, entertaining. I mean, why send the pros? Maybe maybe they don't. Maybe they just don't care. Maybe maybe they, they, maybe it's just it, it's you know it's it's been a long season. Uh, you uh, know, then you know what? Bit, then don't you know. go. Then withdraw. Yeah, I mean. Then withdraw. I don't want to hear it. You're I mean, going. To, it is an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. It wasn't. It is an embarrassment. You're right. By the way, let, let's. I, I want to stay on the Olympics because I got to be honest. I am a. I every four years, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, there are. I there are a few. Really, I'm trying to think. So like I. Okay, I'm a big sport. I'm a well, all sports, but I, there are like three events that I just I can't get enough of. If I have the ability to watch men's, women's every round, I'm watching it, and they're a little bit off the beaten path. I love me some badminton. Love <laughs> me some badminton. Okay. Love, love it. I love. Some I like they call it table tennis. It's ping pong. Can we just call it what it is? Yeah. Ping, love ping pong. And oh, there isn't anything more probably that I like in the in the Summer Olympics than fencing. So let me get this straight. Love it. Out of all the uh sports they, they play at the in the Summer Olympics. Yes. You like badminton, ping pong, badminton, or, or yes. ping pong or table tennis. Yeah. And fencing. Yes. Yep. Those are my favorite sports to watch in the Summer Olympics. Interesting. I like the archery and stuff like that too. But if I, if I, if like you're giving me, you're like, you, you can only watch three events. If you can only watch three events, which events are you going to watch? It's badminton, it's table tennis, and it's fencing. So it's not the 100 meters. It's not not swimming. It's not basketball. Nope. Nope. It's not nope, volleyball. Nope. 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 It's not nope. The, 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 the hurdles or the, uh, the, the, the pole vault. Nope. And you know what? Well, look, I think you can say this about a lot of Olympic sports, to be fair. But I like the fact that these are so off the beaten path. They're so far astray from mainstream sports. Um, I just, I, and you know what I was watching today? I was watching like judo. In Taekwondo, awesome. 
What about this? What about the new? What about the new three-on-three basketball? Do you like this? No. Okay. All right. Look, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that was a thing. I that went over my head, and I thought it was stupid. I thought it was dumb, and 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 I think it's as equally as dumb as skateboarding. Yeah, skateboarding's there too. Yeah. Get get it. I don't need it in my Olympics. I want it out. I want skateboarding out, and and for the and and for that matter, you can go ahead and take surfing with you. I don't want it. I don't need it. This is not. Those are not Olympic sports. I want them out. But yet, yeah, badminton, badminton, table want, tennis, and doubles uh, badminton, table so tennis, and and fencing. fencing. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. All right. Hey, you know, to each their own. Uh, I'm not going to hate on you for. Uh, for All what right. You well, what are your three? You what are like. your What are your three? I'm not a huge fan of the Olympics, but I obviously no. like. I mean, but I, I obviously, but I obviously, the hundred meters. Uh, you know, the long jump, the except. You know, so uh, you're a track the, and field guy. Yeah, the track. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's where like we've got like, the Carl Lewis's and the the um, yeah, you know, Usain Bolt, and you know that that's 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 where it gets exciting. You know, I'm not into uh, like gymnastics. I mean, I like how I like Olympic golf. Golf's cool, you know, to watch. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. golf is golf is golf. It's sure. not really different. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hey, I, let's see. I, we got Eric Dorch back at the studio. Eric, I, I I'm putting you on the spot. I know. Here. I know. Eric likes the golf. This. What's yeah. uh? What what are your what are your three Olympic sports? What what are your go tos that I enjoy? Um, track because I ran track, so I enjoy that. Uh. Aaron and I both like swimming, and then for me, it's actually golf. Yeah, I love golf. Okay. Yeah. I, so I think those are pretty main. Those are pretty mainstream. Eric, what do you, what do you think, like... think of Chris's? What do you think of Chris's three favorites, Eric? What are they again? Oh, Bad. glad you were listening. Thank you. <laughs> no, <laughs> badminton, <laughs> ping pong, and fencing. Love badminton. We watched. I watched it the other day. That one's actually a lot of fun. Uh, ping, ping pong is always a good time to watch. It, it, it's it's fun. Fencing. You know, I had it on uh, earlier. I was watching replays of it, and that. And I heard. Did someone mention taekwondo? I I, the, I watched the uh, a woman or we had our first U.S. Uh, women's taekwondo champ. I yep. just thought it was the weirdest looking sport to watch. They're just kind of like bouncing into each other. I didn't really get it. But I, I, I mean, again, it's amazing to see these guys fulfill a dream. Yeah, I mean, I look. I just I want to see something that I don't get to see very often. So, like, I, I'm not. I mean, I'll watch golf. I'm just not going to be dialed in. You got baseball back this year. I'm just not really going to be dialed in. How do you guys feel about archery? Archery's cool. I, we, Archery's I watched fun. that the other night. I thought that one was super cool. Archery's cool. And then what's the other? What about they the shot the other put? One? What about the javelin? No, but, um, what, what's um? It's not. It's they. It's the the gun. It's like they, they, oh, yeah. they, they, run, they run and they shoot and then they run again. Yes, 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 yes. yes I think it's called the, uh, it's like some drunk guy one night was like, you know, up like, in Montana was like, oh, let's make a sport. We're going to shoot and we're going to run down the road. Like and then the castle, something that the Cathalon built into it or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It's weird. I'll tell you, all I'm going to say is if the end, if, if our NBA players aren't going to get it together over there, just get out. Get out. If you're gonna if this is the this is the stain that you're gonna put on this on these Olympics. Out. But I mean, come on, good God. Can you score some points against France? You should have beat them by 30. What are we doing here? hundred percent. It's a total embarrassment, but I mean I think that I gave you the answer as to why they're struggling. It's Coach K. No Coach K. No Coach K. It's gotta be. It's the only thing I can think of. 
Interesting. All right. Well, good stuff. All right. Uh, lots more to come here on Sports Wrap, including, all right, we, we mentioned golf. I want to talk about golf coming up. Olympic golf, for that matter. And if you needed a little intrigue, if you needed a little extra juice, you got a couple of guys that aren't participating anymore for COVID reasons. We'll tell you who it is and what a shame it is. Coming up next here on Sports Wrap, Chris Renwick this Sunday evening. More on WJR next. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. All right, so look, we talk about a lot of stuff in the breaks, getting ready for the next segment. And I said, um, I said, uh, is darts an Olympic sport? Uh, because I would be down for some darts too. Cause darts, it gets really pretty wild. Uh, and it, lo and behold, it's not. Then uh, Eric asked our Dave Rieger uh, via our, uh, our chat here said, would you want bowling to be an Olympic sport? And Dave is a big bowler or at least was he's in the bowling hall of fame. How many times are you in the Hall of Fame? Um, I've had nine three. I've had nine three hundred games. So, right. uh, so you're in the Hall of Fame. Apparently, nine. apparently, you get your name in a little kiosk when you bowl a three hundred game. Yes. All right. Do you get a ring too? Yeah, you get a ring. Yeah, you yeah. get a ring. All right. So mm-hmm. you got nine rings somewhere. Have you um, pawned them off yet, or you, you know, still got them? No. You know they uh, they started charging for the rings uh, a couple years back, so I don't have nine. Um, How many do you have? I have. Position? I have five rings i think so you don't have as many as brady that's what you're saying now you could add more right. rings than brady i yeah but who cares about tom okay. brady it's nothing to do with um, this so now uh you said probably the dumbest thing or the most bo- if there's such a thing as the bowling elite <laughs> uh, i just heard that come dribbling out of your mouth because Dave, what did you say? Well, your it, question we was, asked, your, your, we asked if bowling would be a summer or Olympic right. sport and or, I said, summer or, or winter sport. Right. And I said it would absolutely be a summer sport. And I said it would be an, absolutely be a winter sport. And the reason why is because most bowling centers uh, can't keep the humidification and the temperature correct in the summer so that the ball doesn't stick to your thumb <laughs> and you don't stick on the approaches. And it just causes a lot of problems. Yeah. So it's got you know, to the- so be in the winter. The folks at Drakeshire Lanes can figure it out, but an but an Olympic committee would have no idea how to set up a proper bowling alley in the summer. It's it's tough. I've bowled uh-huh. I've bowled a lot in the summer in my pe- in in the past, and it's it's it, it it's it's difficult. Yeah, it's okay. difficult to get the uh, to get the temperature and the humidification correct. So yeah, I know it's difficult. I got something else difficult here <laughs> brewing between six and seven with these two. Um, <laughs> Here's the other deal uh, going on in Tokyo. Another uh, storyline to follow. One of the reasons that we don't see fans there, well, really the main reason that we don't see fans there is because of uh, the the emergency order that Tokyo is under. So no fans are at this Olympics. And um, so COVID is still a very real possibility or, or still a very real threat over there. Well, we got two PGA uh uh, players that were supposed to go over and represent Spain and the United States respectively 
and they are now both forced to drop out after testing positive for COVID-19. One of them is Bryson DeChambeau, major winner, Rocket Mortgage Classic winner, uh, going over to represent the United States of America. He's out. The second guy out is John Rahm. Now, you'll remember this was, what, a couple of months ago, out at the Memorial Tournament, John Rahm coming off the 18th green on Saturday has to withdraw because he tested positive for COVID-19. Up six strokes going into day four, going into Sunday. Was going to win the tournament. And was forced to withdraw because of COVID, and away you go. I get your heart goes out to John Rahm. What a shame. What an absolute shame. Dude's going to represent Spain in the Olympics. And now he's forced to drop out because he tests positive for COVID again. This is terrible. You know what I find interesting? The USA, they replace DeChambeau with Patrick Reed. Uh, Spain isn't replacing John Rahm. Mm Mm-mm. So it's just like one guy is going and representing Spain. They got one guy who's I've never even heard of this guy. No, and he's heading and he's heading to try to to try to get gold for Spain. It's, it's messed up. And how does Rom get it twice? Did, uh, is, he, just, is he? I mean, is he vaccinated or well, is it I was mean, it the, the variant or I? It's just weird. I assume it would. Oh look, I don't know. I don't want to get into all the medical side of stuff here. But but the the fact of the matter is, within the span of a, a few months here, John Rahm's got to pull himself out of a tournament because of COVID nineteen. It so, is kind of it is kind of weird. He he pulls out the Memorial, he wins the U.S. Open, and now he pulls out from the Olympics. Yeah, right. I mean, look, first yeah. and foremost, you want the guy to be all right. You want him to be you exactly. want him to feel sure. okay, right? So that's number one. So that that's that, that's there. And then DeShambo, obviously, I mean, whatever. I mean, you know, you get then you get Patrick Reed in here. Uh, so really no harm, no foul. But with all that being said, it's just a shame. You just feel you just feel for John Rahm. It just sucks. And actually, uh, I was reading that it was supposed to be either Patrick Patrick Cantlay or Brooks Kepka because they had more points, but they both declined to go. And that's the only way that Patrick Reed got in. Yes, correct. So uh, I also find I also find that interesting when I, I guess that they had their reasons why they uh, did not want to go and uh, and play uh, you know golf for the uh, for the Olympic team, whatever. I mean, yeah, I, whatever, whatever those reasons are, that's their reasons. Um, but Bryson's out, and then John Rahm out, both due to COVID. It's just terrible. But you've had some other some other athletes have been also um, have to have had to stop for the Olympics. So I, I, I guess they're trying. They're doing the best they can. They don't have fans. They're following the strictest of protocols. And Patrick Reed still has to go through testing before he heads over there. Right. But um, you know, it, it just goes to show you that uh, it's not necessarily anywhere from being close to uh, being done yet. Mm-hmm. When no, it comes to right. COVID, you're right. Um, another thing I wanted to hit on today before we where we run out of time, we got spin on golf coming your way at seven o'clock. Um, 
so Tigers win seven in a row. They drop three in a row now uh, to the Royals. Uh, General Manager Al Avila says, look, this this rebuild is over. We're done. We're not we're not rebuilding anymore. We're out of our rebuilding stage and we are we are going on the upward trajectory here. We are going to be buyers. We are going to keep our talent and we are going to we're going to try to climb out of this hole that we're in. And I, I guess there's a couple of things with that. One, are you really? Just because you won seven in a row coming out of the All-Star break. Oh, I mean, all right. Pump your brakes a little bit. They're a fun team to watch. They're, they're, they're playing competitive baseball, which is something that we haven't seen over the last few years. So that's a step in the right direction right off the top. But I, I guess I'm just curious to know, and, and Dave, love your thoughts on this too, is do you really believe that that we're pulling ourselves out of this? Are we out of rebuild mode? Are we in buying mode, not selling mode? You know, I, I kind of feel like the players are definitely buying into A.J. Hinch's way of how he wants to play baseball. The question I have is, are they going to spend money like they used to spend money? Because I don't believe that they're going to. I don't think I don't believe that they're going to spend in free agency like they did in the past. So, I think well, they're going to. The... So, I think that while they say that their rebuild is done and that now they're moving forward, um, how long is it going to take? Yeah, I mean that's that's. I don't. I I don't know. I, I mean, look, Mike Illich's love was baseball. So he was willing to do anything that he could to, to try to win a championship. I don't know that Chris Illich has those same aspirations or that, that same desire or feeling about the game of baseball. That I agree. Did, which I is agree. fine, which is fine. Um, and I don't know that, I don't know that, I don't know that you want to spend that kind of money anymore. I don't know if you want to get to that point. I mean, if that's what it takes to throw you over the top and you got to bring somebody in who's, 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 you know, going to cost you a couple, you know, shackles, then okay. But at the same time, I I don't, I don't know that you need to do that anymore. I think you can get by and you can field a world series team without, you know, spending Buku bucks. Um, I just don't know if they're totally there yet. I mean, I could absolutely see them dealing a couple of guys at the deadline and, and maybe next year is where, where you're going to see this thing going forward. The, you, the difference here, who do you think they're going to get rid of? Well, I look, I don't know. I think there's a couple of guys on the roster that they could move, but the, 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 the outlier here is AJ Hinch. I mean, I believe firmly believe that you've got one of the one, two, maybe three best managers in the game. And, in order to keep that talent there at that position, you gotta, you gotta be involved. You gotta be, you can't just be a doormat. So, because AJ hinge could certainly just be like, you know what? If you guys aren't committed to winning, I'm out. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore here. And he'll go and get himself a, a, a upper class job somewhere else. So in order to keep somebody like AJ hinge around, I think he's going to be able to call some of the shots. And I think that will influence uh, how this team moves forward. Coming up next, we got Spin on Golf coming up at 7 o'clock. One of the other things that I wanted to hit on, NBA Draft is Thursday. 
the Pistons are trying to do their due diligence. There's been rumors of teams making the call to try to get the number one pick out of Troy Weaver's hands. Will they be successful is yet to be seen. But who is the guy at that number one spot? We'll talk about it coming up next here on Sports Wrap. Chris Renwick this Sunday evening. Now back to more Sports Wrap. Presented by FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sports app today. FanDuel, more ways to win. Here's Chris Renwick. I took a lot away from it. Um, you know, the organization has a lot of great people within it. Uh, I mean, starting from the owners, um, Troy Weaver's a great GM. And then, you know, all the way down, they got, you know, just great people throughout. So uh, I learned a lot on my visit. Um, you know, if they take me, I'd definitely be excited to, to be there. And, you know, they're a great organization. They got a lot of good things going for them. I think they're in the restoration, you know, period. I don't think they're rebuilding. I think they're just trying to restore what they got going on. So um, definitely an exciting time for that organization for sure. All right. <laughs> There's Cade Cunningham. Uh, the what is presumed to be the number one pick. Uh, in the NBA draft come Thursday. And it just so happens that your Detroit Pistons hold on to that number one pick. <clears throat> now listen, there's been NBA insiders, pundits have been speculating that the that the Pistons are actively taking calls from other organizations about trading for that number one pick. About moving out of that pick and which would mean that you'd be you wouldn't be getting Cade Cunningham. Now, it just you know, Sadiq Bay, Isaiah uh, uh, Isaiah Stewart, uh, and and Killian Hayes, Cade Cunningham. Boy, that just sounds sounds appealing. That sounds appetizing. It sounds like something I can get behind. So while I hope that guys like Troy Weaver are doing their due diligence and, and listening to all offers. My, my guess is that Cade Cunningham will be the number one selection to your Detroit Pistons uh, on Thursday evening. And, and I couldn't be more excited about it. I think this is the guy. I think you want to talk about, you know, you want to, you want to win the East. You want to make some meaningful postseason pushes? Go ahead and draft Cade Cunningham. You want to make some noise? You want to be the first team in this city to rise up from the ashes and and actually win a couple of games? Draft Cade Cunningham. That's your guy. That's the guy who's going to help push this organization into being a, a, a basement dweller, into being a doormat, into being just everybody's easy win to putting this thing on the accelerated path of not only being contenders, but being a for real contender. So look, I, I get it. I hope Troy Weaver does all the due diligence in the, in the world. I hope he takes every call from Houston. I hope he takes every call from, from every, any organization that's interested. I like, I know, uh, you got, you got, uh, uh, you, I mean, there's everybody, everybody's looking for this thing. I just, I, I hope you do the due diligence, but for me, Kate Cunningham's the guy.
It's just a guy. So we'll see. Thursday is the NBA draft. I told you to keep an eye on the lottery. Pistons won it. Keep an eye on Thursday night. Because I think this team is going to do something right. I think they're going to draft Kate Cunningham. And I think we're going to be on the right path. Just my two cents. And uh, look, I we got spin on golf coming up next. Sean Belegian's uh, in the wings waiting to go. I, I would love to get your thoughts on on what the NBA draft holds and, and where you think Troy Weaver and this organization should go. Wait, first of all, could you tell that Cade was talking to Troy? Because, I mean, it, exactly what he said is something that I've heard Troy say with my own two ears talking to me. They don't want to use the term rebuild. They're using restoration. So yeah. you can tell that he had a little conversation with Troy. Chris, well said. Uh, I'm all for a general manager doing their due diligence and leaving no stone unturned, listening to every single offer that's out there. And at the end of the day saying, no, thanks. This is our guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's so important in, in the NBA today. And I, I think Cade Cunningham has the potential of, of, of being that guy that, you know, 20 years ago, 20 years from now, we talk about, you know, like Isaiah or mm-hmm. Joe or, or whomever the case may be. Um, but y- you listen, you always listen. Boy, Chris, I remember just as you were giving your dissertation, I remember a few years back, and I'm sure you remember this. People uh, were calling left and right about Miguel Cabrera. This is before the Tigers locked him up. Of course you listen. And people, oh, no, you just hang up the phone and everything. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, what if they made that deal five years ago, you know, right. seven years ago, as it were? Um, you always listen. You make a decision from there. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think this is a no-brainer. I think you draft Cade Cunningham. Yeah, I think this, I think this again, I don't know that he's going to throw you over the top, but I think he certainly puts you – one gigantic step closer to being a real contender in the East. Yeah. Um, uh, the other thing we were talking a little bit about before we get to bring to uh, some ever, uh, everybody else in uh, up North at TOC tournament of champions. Um, you got the, the DeChambeau and Rom stuff out of the Olympics due to positive COVID tests and your heart just breaks for John Rom again. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, uh, it, it sounds, uh, Chris, like there's going to be 59 golfers in the Olympic tournament as opposed to 60 because Spain isn't going to uh, fill his role. It's such a crazy scenario. I think everybody remembers a couple uh, months ago and, and, and you saw that video, the accompanying video that was just heartbreaking. And, you know, uh, the one interesting thing about it is he said he was in that two week waiting period. He claims he's been vaccinated and he was in that two week waiting period uh, back then. Uh, mm-hmm. Now to get a second one in the span of, of, of a two month span, it's incredible. Um, mm-hmm. No doubt about that. You, you hope they're OK. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you never know. That's a crazy thing about this, as you know, Chris, you never, you never know how it's going to affect one person to the other. You just hope they're mm-hmm. OK. Nope. Uh, and I mean, heck, we've seen it elsewhere around sports. The the New York Yankees have been clobbered twice. Yeah. And after saying that pretty much the whole organization's been vaccinated, they've been they've had two outbreaks since being vaccinated. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. I mean, that that's and and listen, it, somehow, some way, it's a bad thing when you talk about things like this. This is factual stuff that happened. Guys that are being vaccinated. I, I'm not sitting here on a soapbox saying don't do it or anything like that. I'm just reporting exactly what it is. And that's what you're doing too. I mean, it's, it's there, there's no hidden message in there. It's, it's just the reality. Uh, Aaron judge in particular, for those of us that play fantasy baseball, we really miss what kind of productivity he could have had this week. 
Uh, but he's out. He might be back tomorrow. Again, not that I'm paying attention to it because he's no. on my fantasy baseball team. But, um, you know, that would be 10 days. And uh, this is just the reality of, of things that we're going to have to deal with moving forward for the foreseeable future. Uh, we got, uh, just, uh, you got, we've had, where have we had Jordan? We've had Jordan Young in Vegas. We've had Jordan Young at, at the golf school. We got Mike, Fe- uh, you guys are up at, uh, up in, uh, Bay Harbor, TOC. Well, I was yesterday. It rained all morning and then it got a little yeah. sunny, uh, today, but, uh, yeah, I'm actually at the beach club right now down at, uh, Deer Lake and it is beautiful as always. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. Mike. <laughs> Uh, uh, I know you guys got a lot of stuff going on. Were we talking about DeChambeau and Rom at all? Uh, yes, we will we'll be talking about those guys. And of course, Sean, you know, the LPGA tour, we had a major championship going on this week in France. So we'll be talking about that too. I'm going right. to bet, I'm going to bet a Lee one. There was yeah. put, put money on maybe the fact a Lee may have won. That's All right, fellas, <laughs> spin on golf coming your way. 7 o'clock here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Have yourself a good week. We'll see you next weekend.